Hello and welcome back to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes your favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. This week, let's not, and say we did. (laughs) So Tanner, what are we rebooting today? Today, we are rebooting the 2010 hit teen rom-com movie starring Emma Stone, Easy A. Okay. Saw the commercials, it looked interesting, I haven't seen it. You've never seen Easy A? Oh, it's laugh. Somehow I managed not to. It's, it's, honestly, it is my favorite teen movie. Okay. Like, to the point where I think it should be shown in schools. Cool. So, all right. Here's the premise of the Easy A. Of the Easy A. <laughs> <laughs> Stars a girl named Olive Prendergast, who lives in Ojai, California, and... One weekend, she doesn't want to go camping with her best friend, Rhiannon's parents, because they're weird new hippies. And so Mm. she's like, "Mm, actually, I have a date with a college boy that my brother knows. And so then she spends the entire weekend uh, in her room, because she lied about the boys. So she's like, just to get out of the camping trip. She spends Mm. her entire weekend in her room, um, sewing herself new pants and listening to Pocket Full of Sunshine by, oh no, who's who's Natasha Uh, Benningfield? Natasha Benningfield. Yeah. She spends the entire weekend listening to Pocket Roll Sunshine by Natasha Bedingfield, uh, but played through a birthday card that her grandmother sent her. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the most iconic, like, scene in the film. <laughs> Just her going around with the card and, like, opening and closing, like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fuck it, I gotta fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then and she gets back to school the next day. And Rhiannon's like, how'd the date go? And I was like, oh, it was great. It's like, I've got a love, and I know that it's all mine. And Rhiannon's like, you had sex, didn't you? I can smell it on you. And I was like, what the f-? Okay, yes, I had sex. I am no longer a virgin. I have had the sex. <laughs> also, Rhiannon is played by Allie from Allie and AJ. Cool. And Phil of the Future, yes. Um, and then this catches the attention of Marianne something or other, um, she's played by Amanda Bynes in one of her last roles before she had like her moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is super conservative Christian to the point of Westboro Baptist Church. Like this was 2010. This was the era of Westboro Baptist Church parodies, basically. Yes. Um, and she is like, Olive, you're a harlot. And me and my Bible group are going to protest your existence. <laughs> and so she go- uh, Olive goes to class. It's her English class uh, taught by her favorite teacher, who's played by Thomas Hayden Church, and uh, they're learning about The Scarlet Letter, which The Scarlet Letter is a classic novel about a woman who ha- adulter- adulterizes with... No. She has, uh, uh, she has a child out of wedlock, and this is set in Puritan England. and Or not Puritan England, Puritan New England. And isn't the father like a minister or something? Yeah, I think he's a church elder or something. And isn't the child possibly the Antichrist? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Or did I get that mixed up with a different retelling? Or maybe a manga? Or the legend of the Borgias? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, any Borgia child is liable to be scandalous. Yeah. Uh, My friend tried to get me into the Borgias with a steamy romance manga about them. Oh. It was called, like, Santorella or something. Oh, I remember that one! <laughs> I had a feeling you might. <laughs> yeah, I didn't introduce that one. I was watching the TV show. Uh, it had some British actors in it, like Holiday Granger and a couple other people that were more well-known later on. 
Uh, but anyways, not the Borgias, the Scarlet Letter. Uh, the woman yeah. from the Scarlet Letter, she has she's forced to wear a red A on her clothes for adulterer to represent her sin or whatever. And then in class, in the AZA class, uh, one of the Bible thumpers is like, Olive, maybe you should wear an A on your wardrobe because you had sex. And Olive's like, maybe you should get a wardrobe, you twat. And then she's sent to detention for saying the word twat. And she's told that she if she, if she ever does anything wrong again, she will be expelled. <laughs> uh, it is at this point where she reconnects with her childhood friend, Brandon, who's also in detention for getting into a fist fight and by getting into a fist fight I mean he was getting gay bashed because he's not even out he just exudes gay. Yeah. And they reconnect while they're cleaning the bathrooms and become friends again and then like the next day he uh drives over to her house on a moped with flip-flops cuz it's still California, I guess. Yeah. Um and he meets her parents who are the best. It's I can't remember who plays the mom but the dad is played by Stanley Tucci. Yes. This is the this is the movie where it's like the Stanley Tucci and wife, and then Emma Stone as Olive, and then her little brother who's black. Mm-hmm. And the, the little the little brother is like, they're like, oh, don't worry, our family we're all late bloomers. You'll get tall eventually. And he's like, well, why does that even matter? I'm adopted. And this is where Stanley Tucci like he slams his hand into the cupboard, like, no, God, who told you? <laughs> uh, Patricia Clarkson played the mom. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Brandon comes over and he convinces Olive to pretend that, like, let him pretend that he had sex with her to convince everyone that he's straight because then he doesn't have to deal with, like, the hardships of being gay. And it's a really good, like, monologue about how everyone talks about, oh, things are gonna be better tomorrow, but, like, screw tomorrow, it sucks today. Yeah. And, like, even 2010 in liberal, quote-unquote, liberal California. Mm Mm-hmm. You still have to deal with some shit. And I know we talk a lot about how, like, the white gays have kind of come into the mainstream, but really, only if you're, like, a social media influencer or a club promoter. You still have to get through a lot of steps to get there. Yeah, you have to have actual clout and money. Yeah. It all comes back to class, but this isn't, I mean, it's probably not, we might, we might, <laughs> Marxist reading of easy A, who knows, we'll see where we go. <laughs> I mean, a very strong Marxist interpretation is that women are the ultimate proletariat, so... Hmm, you know what? We might we might circle back to that. <laughs> Anyways, so they go to a party, and they go into a room together, and they pretend that they're having sex, and they're like, they just were like, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, it's so good, yeah! And they're like jumping up and down on the bed, and then to make him sound like he's having a convincing orgasm, she punches him in the stomach. <laughs> And then he leaves and all the dudes are like, Yeah, Brandon, you had sex! You put your penis in a vagina! You did the sex! Hell yeah! I guess that's a thing. That's not a quote, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, um, I don't know if that actually happens in real life, but also we were part of very nerd people, so yeah. See, that's the thing. So like, all of at the beginning is very much invisible. And it's not like, oh, I'm so unattractive, I need to hide myself. No, it's just like, no one cares about her. Yeah. Just like you and me, who were both extremely hot. But no one cared about us anyways, so it didn't matter. <laughs> Lindsay, we're so hot. Oh my god, Lindsay, we are so hot. <laughs> yeah, the picture I use on Twitter is totally not Grace Kelly. That's actually me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've been in a pamphlet boost rosé for a whole year. 
We've we've spent the past eleven months in our rooms listening to Pocket Full of Sunshine on our greeting card. We haven't had a reason to look hot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, everyone's like, yeah, Brandon, you're a stud and you're heterosexual too. And then, like, Rhiannon goes up to Olive and is like, Olive, you had sex with two boys within the span of three days. I think you're a slut now. And I was like, I don't, uh, okay, whatever. Um, and then, this is when things start to, like, kind of spiral. And the plot of the movie begins. Is that Brandon told some of his friends what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And they go up to Olive and they're like, hey, I don't want to have sex with you because I'm not ready for that. But can you let people think that I had sex with you? And in return, I'll give you a gift card. <laughs> and Olive starts letting them spread rumors about how she slept with them in exchange for like giving her gift cards and coupons one guy gives her 20% off of Bath and Body Works I mean I wouldn't complain yeah 20% is a pretty good deal but I guess I don't know California she's like did our fake tryst mean nothing to you I fake rocked your world (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah she does live in Southern California which means that she has access to all sorts of nice things. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the first time I ever saw an actual Tiffany store in person, it was when I was living in Ottawa and I never went in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then Marianne is like, Olive, we have to pray for her because she is like throwing herself into sin and debauchery. Uh, and then. But then she finds out that her boyfriend has been cheating on her because... Oh, yeah, and her boyfriend is played by Cam Gigandette from the Twilight movies. Okay. She finds out he's been cheating on her because he has syphilis. And so she, like, Emma... Or not Emma Stone. Olive consoles Marianne, and they become friends for exactly one school day. And then Cam Gigandette... I can't remember the boyfriend's real name. Cam Gigandette is like, actually, I got the syphilis from Olive. And so then Marianne freaks the fuck out, and she's like, we are going to get Olive expelled. And Olive's like, I need to go tell someone that I don't have syphilis. And then she goes to the guidance counselor, who happens to be the wife of her favorite teacher. The guidance counselor is played by Lisa Kudrow from Friends. Lisa Kudrow. Guidance counselor is played by Lisa Kudrow, and she's freaking out because it turns out that the guidance counselor is the one who gave this kid a a syphilis. Oh. And she's like, listen, it's fine. Like, I I don't want this rumor to get back to you. And my marriage is already falling apart anyway. So I'm just going to tell everyone the truth. And I'm going to lose my teaching license. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. And the only reason I won't get arrested is because this kid has been held back three years. And so he's technically legal anyways. And then Olive's like, I could have syphilis. Because she doesn't want to break up a marriage. And and then things just start getting worse and worse and worse, because now she's the official school slut. And she does em- actually end up embroidering a red A onto her clothes, because she wants to own the image and be popular about it. But that only lasts so long, because now yeah. she's syphilis girl. Yeah, yeah, you can only be the popular school bicycle for a... She's not even the real bicycle, she's a fake bicycle. <laughs> yeah, she's... <laughs> she's a school peloton. <laughs> yeah, she's the peloton. <laughs> Uh, and, and then there's a guy named Anson. Like, so, so all the guys who have been asking her to have fake sex with them, they've all been, like, really nerdy, like, uh, mousy guys. Yeah. And then there's, like, an actual hot guy comes up to her and he's like, hey, hey, uh, Olive, do you actually want to go on a real date? And she's like, sure, I'd love to go on a real date. And then they go on a real date to, like, Red Lobster, and, like, this is the, like, they, <laughs> they hand her the food, and this is the gift of Emma Stone going, ah, oh, yum, and, like, rolling her eyes. Yeah. And then they get back to his car, and he hands her a gift card, and then he sexually assaults her, or, or attempts to. Ugh, yeah. And then Penn Badgley of 
I think this is pre-Gossip Girlfriend. He shows up because he he's another one of uh, Olive's childhood friends that she lost contact with. He's also the school mascot, which used to be a dead devil that ran around in board shorts and nothing else, but now he's a woodchuck. <laughs> Anyways, Penn Badgley shows up, and he scares Anson off, and he uh, offers to drive Olive home, and he's like, I haven't believed any of the rumors I've been going around school about you. And Olive's like, why? This was so They're so convincing. And he's like, yeah, but in eighth grade, you told everyone that we kissed when we did, got put in the closet for seven minutes of heaven so that my friends wouldn't make fun of me, even though we never did. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so then Olive decides, I am going to take control of my fate pack. And so she tries to get all the people that she didn't have sex with to say that she didn't have sex with them. But they're all like, no, we love our new popularity because we're boys. And so the fact that we had sex with you means we're awesome. But the fact that you had sex with so many of us means you suck. And then she's like, I'm going to tell Brandon, or I'm going to go ask Brandon to tell the truth. And then she finds out that Brandon, in, in a very Huckleberry Finn fashion, he uh, told his par- left his parents a note that said, I'm gay bitches, and skipped town with a hulky black guy. Oh. Okay. And they actually say it's a reference to Huckleberry Finn and all of us standing there in the street like, huh, my apologies to Mark Twain. <laughs> and so then she tries to seek like spiritual help, but then turns out that the priest she went to see is actually Miriam's father. So she runs away from that. And eventually she like confesses the whole thing to her mom and her mom's like, yeah, yeah, you kind of made a mess, but don't worry. I had a terrible reputation when I was your age too. Really? What did you do, mom? Well, I slept with a lot of people, mostly guys. <laughs> and, and in fact, mom. <laughs> yes, very much. And in fact, I actually and I actually ended up being very close friends with a gay man just like you and Brandon. To which Olive goes, "Oh God, Mom, please tell me you didn't marry him and have kids with him." Because <laughs> Dad's Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci has you know a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then Olive, she's like, "Okay, I, I've got a scheme." She teams up with uh, Penn Badgley who they crash a pep rally, he tears off his woodchuck's outfit to reveal the hot blue devil outfit underneath, and then Olive performs knock on wood to the entire assembly. (laughs) And then she's like, and if you want to see part two of this performance, tune into my webcast today after school. (laughs) And so then she goes and does a webcast, and the webcast is the entire framing device, because the whole time she's been talking, like, sitting in her room talking directly to the camera, saying, here's everything that happened, here's my side of the story. Cool. And that ends with her doing the webcast, like, here's here's the entire story and everything that happened, and I'm sorry to the people I hurt, I'm glad I was able to help some people, but, you know, you were kind of dicks about it anyways. Um, I'm sorry I broke up a relationship, which is like, you don't need to apologize for that, all of the- Oh yeah, that's the other thing, is that Olive tries to get the guidance counselor to tell the truth, and the guidance counselor's like, um, no, my marriage is finally healthy now, and I don't want to lose my teaching license, and besides, who would believe you? Ooh. I'm pretty sure she literally says, you're the school skank. No one's going to believe you. This is a guidance counselor. This is Phoebe Buffet. Yeah. That turn was so fast. Yeah. But yeah, so Olive declares everything on the webcast and all the truth is out there. And then the movie ends with her going out on a date with Penn Badgley and she turns to the modder and she says, "Uh, and that's my date and he's really hot and I think I really like him and I'm probably going to kiss him and maybe I'll even lose my virginity to him one day. Maybe today, maybe in a few weeks. Who knows? It's none of your business. Deuces. <laughs> and then shows one guy who's like, what the hell? She didn't even take her clothes off. At least Demi, Demi Moore took her top off in the movie. Because <laughs> Demi Moore was in a Scarlet Letter movie. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the entire plot of EZA. How long did that take me? 15 minutes, not bad. So, sounds like a dope-ass movie. You're probably wondering, Tanner, why have you brought this really awesome movie to the podcast where you reboot things that aren't as good? Well, let me tell you. Sometimes we do bring something that's good. Yeah. Because sometimes we want to put it in another medium. 
You know what medium I want to put this in? Television? No, I want to make it a musical! Broadway, baby! Yep, not surprised. Here's the thing. There, there's a lot of good moments that would lend themselves well to big, big song, or small song, or medium song. Um, not all of them are pocket full of sunshine, although it would be hilarious if almost every song in the musical was an original song, but then we also licensed Attaching Benefield to get pocket full of sunshine <laughs> to be performed in full. Yes. Um, I think stylistically, this would be a musical that would be very similar to Heather's. Um, yes. I immediately got Heather's vibes. Yeah. Like, it's it's not nearly as dark a movie as Heather's. Yeah. But uh, compared to the Heather's musical, I feel like it would sound similar. Yes. Hell, it would probably even start in a similar way of, like, all of basically going, Dear Vlog Diary, <laughs> here's the opening number of the musical, where I tell you who everyone is. Yes. Um, but also, Brandon's little monologue about how it sucks to be gay would also be a, a good song. Um... I feel, yeah, Rhiannon and Marion also definitely need to have songs. There, some people have pointed out that as things go on, Marion kind of, she looks like she regrets everything she did against Olive, but, like, you really don't get to see much time with her after the, like, eight hours of friendship that the two share, because after that, it's literally just her on a picket line. Her and her Bible club are picketing the school. It's like, Jezebel, Lilith, demon, temptress woman. Yeah. <laughs> also, Rhiannon, because... Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the other other thing, is that Rhiannon actually joins the Bible Club. Oh. Which is not for any religious reasons. It is specifically just to, like, fuck over Olive. Mm. And it's like, we never we never really get a good sense of why Rhiannon does the, the heel turn. It's like, yeah. was she mad that Olive got uh, infamous for having the, all the fake sex? Yeah. That's, I mean, teens are petty. But you'd still like to get some insight into that. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know when the heel turn was exactly in the movie, but maybe it could be around the same time that cheating rumors regarding Marianne's boyfriend happens and maybe Rhiannon in this version, has a boyfriend, and she's like, were you sleeping with Olive? Oh, that could be a thing, yeah. I think also, the that whole the whole syphilis situation would probably be the Act 1 finale. Yeah. Because, I th- let me see, I have to, I had the music numbers, like, blocked out in my head, kind of, sort of. Like, we definitely get uh, a, f- a fun opening number, where mm-hmm. it's just Olive, like, going around to the audience, like, here's the, here's the dramatis personae. It's me. Yeah. I'm Olive. I'm so cool. Here's Rianne, my bestie. Here's her new original boyfriend we have made for the play. Mm-hmm. It's Broadway, and Broadway loves being meta, so she might just literally say that. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know who this is, don't worry. He wasn't in the movie. <laughs> um, Go around, do that. There'd probably be, not like a full song, but a, a really small song, just like, whenever the Bible Club shows up, and it's like, we love Jesus. It wouldn't be even, I'd be like, a gen- like, we love Jesus. Yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? I almost want them to sing, like, a Christian rock. Like, can you take me higher? (laughs) (laughs) I was was just thinking of the pop version of the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) Our Father, that art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is a real song. Okay, but white kids aren't that cool. 
white this Christian kids aren't that cool. It's got to be lame Christian rock. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cheating boyfriend is the one who does the Creed solo. Yes. <laughs> His redemption song. <laughs> redemption in big quotation marks. Well, I think technically what happens is in the movie, uh, after the syphilis, he is banished to Florida to live with his overly Christian grandparents. <laughs> And we'd never hear from him again. <laughs> um, that's that's probably something that would be revealed at the start of Act Two. Yeah. But yeah, so we'd have the opening song. We'd have a little Christian jingle. We would have Pocketful of Sunshine. Probably interested. If it's not Pocketful of Sunshine, it'd have to be a song that is like sonically similar to Pocketful of Sunshine. Yeah, that early 2010s alt pop e soft alt pop rock. Yeah. They play it on the adult contemporary station. Yeah, that's what it would be, really, is the adult yeah. contemporary. Yeah. But either way, it's like interspersed with little monologues of all of like, and here's what I did Saturday morning. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It was a great weekend. I wasn't with my friend's hippie nudist parents. <laughs> Oh, I totally missed the nudist part. <laughs> There's a flashback where she gets an eyeful of tits. <laughs> oh, boy. Just, just right up in there. Uh... It's on a similar note to the girl who's always throwing the parties because Olive mentions that she gets to throw a party whenever her parents catch, or whenever she catches her parents having sex in the <laughs> pool, which is about <laughs> once a week. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, so there's the Pocket of Sunshine song. There would be, you know what? Actually, there'd probably be a, a small song in detention, and then like Brandon's monologue would be a reprise. That's like a little slower. It's a minor key, like but same rhythm and whatnot, yeah. same melody. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be the song at the party. Here's a song about how to have sex. Step one, you don't have sex. <laughs> Step two, <laughs> you jump on the bed. Step three. We don't have to take our clothes off. (laughs) (laughs) The sex scene is a bit of a mess because Brandon is clearly repeating things that he's heard in porn. Yeah. But obviously he's never watched straight porn. Oh, no. (laughs) So he's like, oh, yeah, put it in the back. And like it cuts to everyone listening through the door and they're like, what? (laughs) And then afterwards, they're like, so dude, how was it? And he's like, uh, I don't kiss and tell, but I think she'll be walking funny tomorrow. Dude, what? <laughs> but like, the, really, the whole sex song would probably be like, Brandon trying to make it sound really porny, because that's what he knows, and Olive trying yeah. to make it sound really rom com because that's what she knows. Yeah. Because it's another thing from the movie where Brandon, like, drops a bunch of sex terms, and she's like, I have no idea what you're saying. Well, that's because you're a virgin. So are you! <laughs> yeah! Oh, she probably does the uh, fake orgasm from that one movie. Was it when Sleepless Harry Sleepless in Met- Seattle? No, yeah. that's uh, Harry Met Sally. Yeah, when Harry Met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have what she's having. <laughs> it's the orgasm cake from The Matrix 2. <laughs> I mean, that lady handled that orgasm real well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, I feel like, so here's the thing. <laughs> Stick with me. After the sex song, 
And when Olive is approached by the other nerdy kids at school to start saying that she's sleeping with them, mm-hmm. this would be the title song. This is going to be Easy A. But it's going to ramp up the same way that Zero to Hero does in Hercules. Okay. Because <laughs> it, it started off was like, ah, and here's like saying about, here's the things that she said she did with this guy. Here's the thing that she did with that guy. Some gets guitar in there. Uh... You know, I had, like, actual lyrics for this one, at least, and they've just escaped my mind, because I don't write anything down ever. (laughs) I just forget stuff, like a cool person. So, Zero to Hero, but about sex. Yeah, it'd be like, see, it would be a cross between Zero to Hero and Dead Girl Walking. Okay. I mean, it's better than, like, the tune of Milkshake going through my head right now. <laughs> my milkshake's bringing all the boys in the yard, and they're like, "Here is a gift card." They're like, "Here is a gift card." <laughs> okay, so that's probably what still act one. That's that's still act one. Okay, uh, because the act one for the, there there might be some songs in between that, but the act one finale, like it would start uh, probably on Marion when she f- hears the rumor about her Kamjigan debt getting syphilis from Olive, and she. I don't know, maybe there's a, a little song. Th- this would be a musical. Any musical I make in the world, or any musical I bring on the show, it's going to play with uh, leitmotifs and repeated melodies. Yeah. Uh, because I love when songs, uh, when plays do that. They do that really well in Heathers, and they do that really well in Be More Chill, and that's why those are my two favorite musicals. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this would be one where they repeat a lot of melodies, and so there would be like a dark reprise that incorporates melodies both from like the Christian jingle, and also if Marianne has like a song with Olive, yeah. Like when they're friends for eight hours. That we could even call it the eight hour friendship. Yeah. Uh, so that's a dark reprise where Marianne just like slowly gets more and more pissed and declares she's gonna go into Warplath and, and I'm gonna get her expelled. And then the big electric guitar solo or maybe not a whole solo, but like a big guitar riff. <laughs> As things just kind of slowly break into chaos and all the chorus, like you hear them chattering about Olive, Olive just kinda gets caught in the middle. Yeah. Um at this point she would already be wearing the A on her clothing because the title song would probably also be when she's embroidering it on her stuff. Yeah. Which also at this point she she specifically sluts up her wardrobe as she mm-hmm. says <laughs> as she calls it. And so like it's a lot of corsets and like halter tops and stuff. Yeah. Which is it, We have to suspend disbelief a little bit in the sense that girls tend to not dress, be able to dress like that in schools. Yeah, like it does depend on how strictly the dress code, if there is a dress code, is applied. But from what I understand, that tends to be more of a thing down in the States. Yeah, and it's usually pretty draconian. It's like you you can get detention for a bra, bra strap slipping through a sweater or showing me, basically. Yeah. Like, that's in, like, the really draconian schools. Most places, it's like, hey, you got spaghetti straps put on a t-shirt. And it's usually an ugly one from the lost and found. But it's still pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I remember being in middle school, and I could go to class with, like, um, the camisoles with the spaghetti straps. Like, nobody really cared. Also, like, I was wearing those on, like turned out to be like one of the hottest days of the year and we were having our finals and i think the teachers were just like fuck we're dying here you do whatever <laughs> um, but yeah we can't really uh, have anything in there about policing all of his wardrobe because they never did that in the movie as far as i remember and if she can't but like par- part of it the whole uh wearing the a and then slutting up her wardrobe kind of making like a, a mark of no shame rather than a mark of shame 
Like, yeah. is her deciding to own it for that middle part of the film? If we can't do that, we have no premise, really. Um, yeah. So either we can just ignore how she wouldn't be able to get away with that, or we could have more scenes outside the school. Like, mm-hmm. so much of the movie takes place at the school. Yeah. There's there's no, like, a t- there's not really a teen hang. There's no one is going to the mall. It's California. I'm sure there's 30% yeah. malls in that state. Yeah. Going to the mall is actually probably a better place for teens than, you know, not having malls available and just closing down the malls for yeah. box stores. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, so maybe yeah. it can happen at the teen hang where it's like you're not going to get the mall cop coming over and say, excuse me, miss, you can't wear a corset. Mm-hmm. Because nobody really cares. Yeah. So like the act one finale song, it starts with Marianne getting a verse and then Olive kind of gets caught up in the confusion and she starts hearing the rumors and she's like, I don't know how to deal with this. Uh, this is kind of blowing out of hand. I thought it was so cool with the A and now it's not. But I'm going to go see what I can do from the guidance counselor. And that's when she walks in. The guidance counselor has a whole little patter situation of mm-hmm. her own miniature spiral. Yeah. And hell, we could even frame it more as her almost guilting Olive into taking it. Yeah. And because she can be like, oh, I couldn't, I can never, I could never put that on a student. I would never want you to do that. You've been so kind to everyone. You don't need to be so kind to me. It would be so kind if you did it for me, but you don't have to be so kind to me. And just kind of like almost uh, girl boss and gaslight Olive. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Into <laughs> taking the fall for her. Yeah. At the end, it would almost be like uh, the whole school calling her out. And it's like, ah, oh, look, look at this slut. And I was like trying to just repeat the Easy A song to like reaffirm herself, maybe slipping into the a pocket full of sunshine a little bit. Mm-hmm. To be like, this is fine. This is this is going to be okay. I'm helping people. I got to remember I'm helping people. This, oh, and I love this reputation. I love everyone to see me because God, isn't it better to be seen than to be invisible? Right? Right? <laughs> and yeah, that would be like the act one finale. Act two is all of like b- back at her webcam. Because I would keep the webcam situation going yeah. on here. And to be like, so little fun updates. Cam Jagandet has been banished to Florida. <laughs> and at this point in the story, everyone in the school thinks I'm a hoe. Yeah. Um, I know maybe there's a little dirge for her reputation, because damn, what even is a reputation? Yeah. This might be where we can get into Rhiannon and her boyfriend and figure out what Rhiannon's deal is. And maybe she's, it could be that she's extremely insecure yeah. in herself. And like, maybe it's a little bit of jealousy that all of his all of a sudden just like taking the school by storm mm-hmm. and Rhiannon can be like, I never had the courage to be like that, but do I even want that courage? Mm-hmm. And heck maybe even. So Olive only really ha- is friends with Rhiannon at the start of the movie. And then she reconnects with Brandon and Penn Badgley. I can't remember Penn Badgley's character's name is Penn Badgley. Yeah. Star of Gossip Girl and you. Um, but maybe there's a situation going on where Olive did kind of push other friends away, but Rhiannon stuck with it. Or maybe it was Rhiannon who ended up pushing friends away from Olive because she's so... That makes more sense, actually. If Rhiannon is very clingy about Olive, mm-hmm. and then maybe the other friends kind of drifted away because Olive was like, oh, I gotta spend this time with Rhiannon. Yeah. And, and Rhiannon's just like, Olive used to be mine. She's mm, sounding kind of gay. Maybe it is. Maybe Rhiannon does have a crush on Olive. <laughs> Um, and heck, this could even be Rhiannon's Let Me Be Evil song, or I guess in this case it would be Let Me Be Weird, Bible-thumping, Bad Christian. Yeah. 
Let Me Be a Hypocrite song. Yeah. And then, let's see, we'd probably get a song about Olive trying to track down probably like uh, something similar to the telephone song from Bye Bye Birdie. Yes. Where Olive is calling up everyone who that she hasn't had sex with and be like, hey, could you tell me? And like, the, the rumor continues to spread. And but mm-hmm. it gets, of course, it gets twisted into like, oh, Olive is trying to say that she never had sex with people. But we obviously know she we that she did. Here's all the facts that we have. Mm-hmm. And heck, we could even have one other new guys like, yeah, sure, I'll admit it. And then but the rumor is too powerful now. And now they're just like, Oh, actually, like, like, every, like, so the one nerdy guy could be like, actually, me and Olive never had sex. And everyone else is like, oh, no, you totally did. We have proof of that. Don't worry about it. And nerdy guy's like, well, I tried. <laughs> then we would, oh, wait, no, before that, we would get the horrible date with Anson. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And it would be like, it would be set up as like a romance song. And Olive's like, maybe this will work. Maybe, it, oh, God, it would basically just be maybe this time. Maybe this time I'll actually be on a date with a boy who likes me for who I am. Yeah. Nope. Sorry, Olive. And then she'll get a song with Penn Badgley about how when they were kids and mm-hmm. she helped him. She didn't kiss him, but she said that she did. And that would probably be like a. Like a soft reprise of the title song, The Easy A. Yeah. Because you've got it easy with me. Da, 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 da. And it's a real easy A when you're sleeping with me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't write music. This is why I need to stop bringing musicals to this. <laughs> nah, continue. We'll figure this out. At, at some point, I do need to find someone who's good at like writing songs. But like, listen, I have a great idea for a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I don't know how to do anything with musical. <laughs> but yeah, they can have like a nice reprise where it's like, and it was easy with you when you said what you'd do in that closet in grade eight. <laughs> you said that we'd make out, and then we didn't. It was great. <laughs> uh, then Olive does her little smartphone song. It didn't work. Uh, that would, this would probably also include her trying to track down Brandon. And mm-hmm. I feel like Brandon needs a number here too, just kind of reiterating how he wishes he could help her, but he can't handle this any- anymore. And, oh, you know what it would be? Like, Brandon would get a whole big coming out scene and book it. But yeah. then, like, the what the takeaway from that would be, oh, haha, ha, El- Olive is a slut and she slept with a gay guy? Sucks to be her. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing, really. The movie is about how it's about how everyone gets into everyone else's business about who they have and haven't had sex with, especially when you're in high school. And mm-hmm. it's about how rumors are so self-perpetuating that it's yeah. really hard to stop them once they get going. Oh yeah. And especially like this this wasn't even helped by social media when it came out in 2010. Like social media was barely a thing yet. Yeah. Like Facebook was just getting out like as a thing people used. Yeah. I don't even think Twitter was really around. Twitter was around because okay. I remember us talking about Twitter in a grade 11 and we said, oh, it's so stupid. It's not going to last. It's just small vlogs. It's just small blogs. And look- I only read full size blogs. And look at us now. Yep. <sighs> like, yeah, it, it's kind of shocking when you say, oh, 2010, social media wasn't as big a thing, but you forget how quickly it kind of took control of everything. Yeah. Well, the whole thing, like, especially for our younger listeners. So back in the day, Facebook was only where you met up, like, 
where you friended people from your school and you kind of used it to meet up at places. Same with Twitter, actually. It started as, like, um, people, like, the people who were in areas that had nightclubs would be like, hey, uh, party's going on over here. Come to this place. That was basically it. Yep. And now Facebook is apparently the internet in many countries in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that, the point being that <laughs> we're making this musical today. Hell yeah, social media is going to play a part in it. Like, that rumor is going to be so self-perpetuating. Who knows what how it stops, if it ever stops. Oh, and, and mind you, that's kind of the thing with the film, too. Because the film is just like, oh, it's word of mouth. Yeah. It's honestly actually a little bit more believable if we have social media. Yeah. Because um, I'm pretty sure, like, prior to social media really being... Well, actually, okay, in 2010... Social media was, like, just becoming a thing, but also, like, texting and, uh, like, the instant messenger stuff. Like, that was ubiquitous. Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, it, I can see the rumors about all of perpetuating very quickly like it, a rumor does nowadays. It would be more jarring if, like, this was originally from the 90s, because I can see rumors then just, like, dying after a couple months. Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just so self-perpetuating. It's also the, it's clearly the hottest goss ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just because it all, it all leads back to Olive. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely get a whole villain song from the guidance counselor when she's like saying, oh, but Olive, I could never, I, I can't tell the truth now. Everyone already thinks it's you. What's the point? And mm -hmm. besides, who would even believe you? Oh, it would be the most girl bossy, gaslighty song ever. Yeah, she is going to girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep her way yeah. through this entire number. Mm -hmm. And then Olive, just kind of at a loss, she, she's going to have a song. She's going to sing about it. Yep. <laughs> it's musical. She's got to sing about it. I mean, it doesn't have to be memories, big, but. No. Well, actually, no. What she, she wouldn't even sing about this because what she in the movie, what she does is she like she leaves the office and then she merely runs to the English teacher's office because remember he's married to the guy's cancer. She runs into her English teacher's office and she just declares, "Mrs. Griffiths was sleeping with Cam Gigandet," and he's like, "What?" And she's like, "Oh shit, bye." <laughs> and this is where she'd have a song that it would start very much like, "My God, what have I done? I stole some bread and broke up a marriage," and then she'd have to do like her like her her her, her um gear change. Her her key change in the middle. She's like, wait a minute, no. I didn't actually do anything wrong. All I was doing was helping people. And I got some great deals at Bath and Body Works out of it. Yeah. But you know what? I'm a I am a cool, strong woman. I was just helping people. It's everyone else took advantage of me. Yes. They're they're the ones who are passing with the easy A. Mm hmm And I can't even say I got a D. <laughs> Oh, I could imagine it sounding kind of like um, that Robin song. You know, I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Yeah, I can't remember the title. Fuck! Dance dancing on my own. Yeah, dancing on my own. Um, Robin also has the rather appropriately named song called Call Your Girlfriend. <laughs> oh, but that, that one is about calling your girlfriend and saying you have to break up because you met someone new. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. In my Glee fanfic, I made it gay. Nice. Um, Robin has some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so Olive like, has her empowerment song, and she goes and she talks to her mom. Actually, okay, no, we'd have to have... 
the talk with the mom first and then the empowerment song probably because yeah. I don't want to take away the talk with the mom. Mm-hmm. And the, like I I can't remember how the whole talk with the mom goes, but I feel like in this one there would definitely be something about her saying, you know, rumors fade eventually, and Emma's like or Olive is like, yeah, they fade eventually, but what about now? I don't yeah. want a life to suck for me now. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like, okay, well then you got to find a way to take control back of the narrative. You you are still the one who started the, this rumor, and clearly something about you made everyone believe it. So if you just go in there with the same, you you, you don't try and stop it half assed. You got to do the same thing that you did to, to end it as you did to start it. Because that was another thing is that in the movie when Olive is finally convinced to not sleep with Brandon, she says, "Okay, I do I don't do anything half assed. We are going to make a public appearance." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so this is the same situation. Like Olive's like, "Okay." I'm going to make a public appearance. I'm going to make a declaration that I, I'm going to go in and I'm going to sing Knock on Wood. Probably won't have knock, the actual Knock on Wood in the musical mm-hmm. because they only have room for one existing song among all these other original songs. Yes. But she bars in there. She does that whole number. Um, and then instead of webcast, she can say, and tune in for the, ne- the second half of this performance in my OnlyFans. Because <laughs> we're modern now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the whole thing would, like, this would probably actually be the the closing number or close to it, because the whole thing, like, it'd start with the big pep rally, and then, like, she'd, she'd run up to Penn Badgley, and he'd be like, are you ready for the next part? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've been ready for a long time now. And then they'd we do a whole transition, and everyone leaves the stage, and it cuts, and it's just her, like, alone in her room, doing the vlog again. And she's like, and that's the whole story of the, the, the what does the... Poster say, the rumor-filled, totally false account of how I ruined my flawless reputation. Nice. And she she gives a little speech, and then Penn Badgley shows up outside her window, and then she has a brief little song about how, you know, it's none of everyone's business, and then they can ride off into the sunset. And then I do want to put, like, a little thing at, like, after that, because the movie just ends with her and Penn Badgley riding off into the sunset, and then, like, with intercut with a few people, like, reacting to the vlog, but not actually interacting with Olive, mm-hmm. where we can have one final number where it's, like, her next day at school, and, like, everyone is still, like, it's clear that everyone's still talking to her, and everyone is, like, being an ass about stuff, and then uh, at a certain point, Rhiannon walks up to her, and she's like, hey, I'm sorry about all that. Uh, and then Marion, like, walks up to her, and then just kind of walks away, and I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised by that, and then she walks up again, she's like, hey, sorry for accusing you of giving my boyfriend syphilis, and then she darts off, and Olive's like, hmm, maybe you can repent after all. Um, I just realized that Malcolm McDowell was in this as the school principal. Oh, I didn't realize that was him. I guess if he's not, like, playing Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't Hannibal. He was... Oh, yeah. He was, uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alex. Yes. Caligula. Mm, that's what it was. As Caligula. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, I think, I think we just need a little Ed number where probably be a little similar to voices in my head from the end of be more chill but careful not to completely uh, copy them because it would be like yeah the rumor is still flying around and i still get people offering me gift cards to say that i sleep with them but you know what i i'm not telling anyone who i'm sleeping with anymore and they can believe what they want but i don't owe them anything and i never did to begin with yeah 
And that's it. That's the musical. Woo! I hope I sounded legible through this entire thing. You sounded I feel great. like I did just say the plot of Easy A twice and slower the second time. <laughs> nah, it's it's all good. This would have been so much better if I rolled up in here with a guitar and be like, da 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 Easy A! <laughs> but no, it would be a very fun off-Broadway musical and hopefully schools will allow students to put that on. Yeah. Because again, this is it's something that I feel should be shown in schools so that people understand how nasty rumors can get, how quickly they can spread, and how you don't owe anyone any of your personal information. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you can think to add to this? Well, since I don't know much about musicals. Or Easy A. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or The Scarlet Letter. Oh no, you would know The Scarlet Letter. I know about The Scarlet Letter. I haven't read it, though. Okay. Yeah. What if... What if there was a number where Hester comes out of the book and she has a duet with Olive? <laughs> She's dressed like a Puritan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she does it in original pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been watching this one history YouTuber and he has a character called the Witchfinder General at the Massachusetts Bay Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> he reviewed Mardi Gras. He wasn't impressed with the papists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now. I'm just thinking. I feel like that would be funny, but it would also probably have the same energy as in the original Spider-Man musical, where Ar- Ariadne <laughs> or no Arachne from Greek Myth shows up and sings a song about shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Hester from the Scarlet Letter shows up and sings a song to Olive about staying true to yourself, or you might end up with the Antichrist baby. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess in that case, I'm going to go... Mm, no, how do... Mm. You know, all, all of my segues that I can think of are weird because they do involve sex. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. I have one. I've got a pocket, got a pocket full of promos. I got a friendship promo. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I'm Megan. I'm RJ. And we host Oh No Lit Class, a comedy literature podcast that tells you all the strange and sexy facts you never knew about the books you had to read in school. Every episode is a fun, foul-mouthed spark notes for your ears, filled with author bios, plot summaries, bad impressions, and Megan singing. It's mostly you that sings. No, I sing well, she sings poorly. That's not true. So come listen to us ruin classic literature one book at a time at OhNoLitClass.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh no, lit class. We're for kids. No, we're not. Lindsay, where can people find you on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart, and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Notify About You First, and they're pronounced OOBURN. <laughs> you can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite mush maligned, sexually liberated woman of history. <laughs> That's where you, you could send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put it in a free ad. For your podcast, your YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea, because we like being surprised. 
If you'd like to support us directly, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash first. We can get several bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all our patrons, including... Theo, Rem, Julia, Christina, Cassidy, and Charlie. Thank you all. That being said, there's a lot of stuff going around this whole world, and so we understand if you don't have the money to share. In fact, we were specifically asking that you donate to a good cause, uh, such as there's still a lot of mutual aid that needs some funds down in Texas, because even if things are mostly back online, back with power, a lot of people had their livelihoods and their homes damaged, and they're going to need some help. And if you thought Texas had it bad, well, apparently Mississippi has it worth. Jackson, Mississippi has been out water for, oh, gosh, I think three weeks now, which is kind of terrifying. We are already, well, I mean, Flint has been without water for, I think, six years now, and we don't need two of those going on, especially. So definitely uh, donate to Jackson if you can. And uh, speaking of water, there are, I think, 39 First Nations communities in Canada that are also under boil water notices, because God damn, governments love not giving people clean water. And the point being that if you are able to help fund this, the ability for people to get clean water somewhere or legislation that makes it mandatory for them to have clean water, because yes, it is not necessarily mandatory everywhere. But if you can do that, then please do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, it is just as helpful to support us by leaving a rating and review of us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we should the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And we also have a Corner Podcast Network Discord that you can find through a link that should be somewhere on our Twitters. And if not, just uh, message one of us or Christina on Twitter or on the Discord itself, and we will just invite you in. It's easy. Actually, maybe don't invite... Don't, don't message Lindsay, because I know, Lindsay, you're there, but you're not really there. Yeah, I am... They are in spirit. Yes. <laughs> um, and last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex aka Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. Hey, Lindsay, do you have a hint for next week? Why, yes. Next week's episode will be brought to us by the Capitoline Brotherhood of Millers. The Brotherhood uses only the finest flour, true Roman bread, for true Romans. Are we doing Caligula? <laughs> we'll get to him. <laughs> but but not next week. And not <laughs> if we reboot you first. Bye.